Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. All the Rangers at spring training, either they got there on Wednesday, they're going to report on Monday, and we'll be there the Monday after that doing the show, along with G-Bag Nation, live from Surprise on your home of the Texas Rangers, 105 through the fan. I wanted to run through a few different things, whether it's the prospects that the Rangers have out at spring training, or maybe it's the players that you think could steal a roster spot. Let's start with the prospects if we can now. MLB.com put out this really cool, really comprehensive list of all the top prospects that are ret- that are reported to training camp or will report to, excuse me, spring training for the teams. Evan Carter, Wyatt Langford, I feel like we've yeah. talked about them a whole lot. But for the rest of the top 30, Jack Leiter's there, Justin Foscue is there, Owen White. Dustin Harris, Aaron Zavala, Mark Church, Jonathan Ornelius, uh, Emiliano, oh man, is it Teato? I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, sh- I should have done that ahead of time. Antoine <sighs> Kelly, Cole Wynn. So like a whole lot of right. their prospects are there. So the one thing I wanted to ask you real quick yes. about Mike is you can look at some of the people on this list and you're like, they're not going to make the team. Like we're well, we're well aware of that. What benefit does a prospect get from going to spring training, knowing you're not making the team? One, you get to hang out with maybe your future teammates. So when I made it up to the Cleveland Indians in 01, I wasn't in major league spring training. I was in minor league spring training. I didn't know most of the guys. They had no clue who I was. I'm not saying Corey Seager is going to develop a great relationship with Antoine Kelly during spring training. But for Antoine Kelly, he's in the same room. He's in the same clubhouse. He's eating lunch in the same room or breakfast in the same room. You get to have a feel of what is the personality of this room. Is it a big, rambunctious room with a lot of music playing? Is it more of a quiet room? Who are some of the guys that maybe I can become friends with who are on the major league team so now i do think antoine kelly has a great chance to make the team out of spring training in fact he's one that i am really watching when we go to spring training he needs to have a good spring training he needs to make this team and he needs to have a role in that bullpen but i think that for guys that aren't going to get many at bats in the first five innings the first five innings are more of hey the major league pitchers are going to pitch the first five innings, especially early on in spring, even when you have relievers come in. It's the last four innings when we're there that you're like, I don't know who this is. Sure. Pitching uh, where, hey, you're going to get at bats there and they're being watched. You can see there's a net behind or sorry, in front of 
the coaches, they don't even sit in the dugout. So here's another one. Why don't the coaches sit in the dugout during Major League Spring training games? How come they're outside of the dugout? They are having scouting report conversations on their own players. I don't like him. I don't see this in him. Or the opposite. You don't want to hear. They don't want their conversation to be heard by other players in the dugout when they go, dude, I think you can make the team. This is something I want. Because what if the guy is competing with that guy who's not playing that day and they just heard he's better than that guy or he's worse than that guy. So the reason that the coaches are not sitting in the dugout, people will ask me, why do they sit out there and why do they just have a a screen in front of them and not sitting in the dugout? Because they're having real conversations about keeping and cutting guys right during that game. Yeah, and word travels fast down a dugout, Kevin. Like It it echoes down those dugout I have no doubt about that. Especially in Oakland. And that's not all their, yeah. And and that's not all their conversation. I don't want to say that's, but they want to make sure if they want to have a real opinion about a player, they want to be able to express that to Boach, or Boach wants to express it to Maddox about a pitcher he's seeing that he's liking or disliking. He doesn't want any of the players hearing that conversation. And then Chris Young goes, he sits up kind of where we are. I don't, I don't yeah. see him down there a lot. Right. Where I've, I, a lot of times I felt like JD was right there, but Chris Young's doing his own stuff up there. They can sit either place, yes. But I feel like Chris Young's doing his own, like his do his own stuff, and then he's going to those guys, and he's like, "All right, now y'all tell me," and they have a conversation about it. But he already has in his mind like his real feelings on a lot of things. To your that's point, that's a fascinating thing, though. There. I love what you're saying, and I'm not trying to take a shot at any general manager who didn't play Major League Baseball. There are some of the best general managers in the history of baseball over the last 20 years never touched a professional baseball field, including John Daniels. Okay. I want to make that clear, but John Daniels can't really evaluate players the way that Chris Young can. Chris Young played 15 plus years of professional baseball and over 10 years at the highest level. I'm not saying Chris Young is the one making all the decisions. He's going to go to his analytic department team that have zero experience playing baseball and he wants all of their information and he wants to talk to Bochi and talk to Maddox and talk to the hitting coaches and get an idea on what they're thinking but he's going to have a really strong opinion on what he saw that day of spring training because he's been through it he's he's seen guys that are considered can't touch prospects that couldn't make the major leagues and he's also seen guys that weren't considered very high prospects end up having very great careers in major league baseball so I think for going back to the young guys that probably aren't going to make the team that you just talked about, let's be honest, unless there's major injuries, Jack Leiter's not making the team out of spring training. What can they get out of it? There's a lot of pressure on him. He's the number two overall pick. This is a chance every time he takes the mound to show, I am way better than what you saw from me last year in double A. And the only people that saw him in double A are the coaches there. And the coaches in double A and triple A, are in the dugout during the the spring training games until minor league games start, which is about March 10th is about when the double-A and triple-A games start yeah. happening. And you, I, Corey, I think it was you who threw this out there, is the idea of Foscue taking the DH spot because somebody had texted in and asked, sorry, I'm missing your number at the uh, at the moment, but you know your Three, question. Three, two, five. Okay, if Foskey takes Josh Smith's spot, because I think Josh Smith and Ezekiel Duran stay in their 
bench utility capacity. And if Foskey makes it, it would be to be your DH. Is I mean, I'm not saying it has to go that way, but that makes sense to me. He's not great defensively, but I think he can fill in for a couple of games at like a second base, right? Or a first base if you need That's to. That's what but is going to be you, what you, you just said. Shortstop. Let's see if how much Foskey's uh, grabbing a first base mitt. It's a good point. Because at yeah. second and short, they're going to see Josh Smith and Ezekiel Duran as better defensive options. And yeah. same at third base. So I and don't with, know. With Seager's injury history, you're probably thinking you have to have a guy that can play yeah. shortstop. Yeah, in spring training, we're going to see a lot of Josh Smith and Ezekiel Duran at shortstop. He's not on this list and he's not a big league invite. I mean, we're not going to have time because of where we're our show is. It's 8 to noon out there. Yeah. I want to go down there, and I don't even know if he'll be there yet because we're leaving by the time minor leaguers are reporting. I want to see Sebastian Walcott play. Yeah. the eight. I think he just turned 18. I think he's just turning 18. But he's considered kind of that next Evan Carter-like prospect. Yeah. yeah. And he's two to four years away from becoming a major leaguer. But that would be somebody I'd want to see that you didn't mention that would just be playing in A-ball minor league games. But – yeah, it's going to be interesting. He'll turn 18 for- in, on March 14th. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> He's 17 yeah. still. But it'll be interesting with some of those guys you named, those sixth through ninth inning where a lot of people start leaving the game because they're like, I don't know who number 68 is on the mound, and I don't know who number 72 is hitting right now. I, you know, And so people start going, all right, this is great, man. We got to watch six innings of spring training baseball. If you go out there, a lot of people have been asking me about spring training. I think people are making late kind of vacation. Like, hey, it's spring it's break's coming idea. up in a month. It's a great idea. Let's go to Arizona. And they're kind of asking about hotels. And, they're, and I'm like, you don't have to stay. You do not have to stay a mile away from the complex. There are plenty of hotels around. The closer you get to the complex, it seems like looking for people, the more expensive it becomes. There's plenty of places to stay, plenty of places to eat, plenty of entertainment. Uh, but those sixth through the ninth inning, you are going to need this roster. The roster you just read off of, you're going to need a roster of 70 guys because there's it's – it's going to be a lot of double A and triple A guys those last three to four innings that you're not sure who they are. I'm I'm definitely lighter. I'm watching as as much as I can. Uh, but I, I have every year. Like every time we get, we get a chance to get our eyeballs on Jack Lighter, they're there. Why Langford? Kevin is obviously on that list of I'm watching this dude because every at bat is he could earn it right here. And okay, that's an interesting point because one of the things that at times. It's weird. I'm very split on this, and I hope this makes sense. I get frustrated, but also kind of understand the spring training and to a certain extent the training camp environment with the Cowboys of, hey, these spots are in play. And then you see one of the people competing for that spot just destroy the world. And they're like, eh. It's spring training. Yeah, and and I get it because (laughs) pitchers are working on very specific things, and maybe that's not a sequence that you would see in a game, but – I do wonder if Wyatt Langford is somebody who, if they tears the cover off the ball, they'll be like, all right, well, this kid's inevitable. Or if he struggles, they'll be like, and that's why you got to send him down to play every single day. Or I'm curious if his fate really does hang in the balance of how spring training goes. I think it does. Uh, is that, do you know what he's going to be off of spring training? No, not at all. Ruggio Dorbat's 400 in spring training because they don't like, throw him yeah, breaking balls yeah. and they don't throw him f- fastballs, uh, you know, shoulder high that they know he'll swing at in the regular season. They're just like, 
The pitchers are out there to work on their stuff if you already have a guaranteed contract with a guaranteed spot on the team. And then if you're a young guy, you're going out there, and in a weird way, young guys are like, watch how hard I throw the ball today. Well, Ruggio Dor has no problem with 100. He has a problem with people having sequences of pitches that get him off balance and off timing. So that's the thing. Wyatt Langford's going to see just guys throwing. They're not going to throw to any type of scouting report. In fact, who in the world has a real scouting report off of Wyatt Langford after, what was it, 44 minor league games or so, what it was? Yeah, Maybe something 60, like that. you know, and so I look at it. But they're gonna. that's the only decision they can make off of him. They can't. They're going to have to look at spring training, and if he bats 250 in spring training with two home runs, they're going to say, hey, give him time in AAA and see how it goes. If he bats 350 with six home runs in 25 spring training games, they're going to be like, guess what? He's batting sixth uh, opening night against the Chicago Cubs. Now, you talked about – man, that is like, that's my dream scenario. You talked about Antoine Kelly and his importance to the bullpen because it would be him and Brock Burke – who would be your lefty representatives mm-hmm. in the bullpen, unless I've got that wrong. No, you, like a guy like, if I am have this right, Danny Duffy, who's like a veteran, you okay. know, invite. Like guys like that could. I got another one I'm going to throw out okay. for you to keep an eye out on is Jake Latz is 12.3 strikeouts per nine at AAA. So you're going to want a second lefty in the bullpen, right? Like, do you think that's the most likely configuration for this team? Six right-handers, two left-handers in the bullpen. Probably to start. You could see five and three, but more likely six and two. And and if that's the case, then it might be, you know, Lats against Kelly, or it might be the non-roster invitee Duffy that you you just brought up. That's something that I'm going to be interested in because you need a left-handed presence. You're not going to, I would assume, not roll into the season with a seven right-handed bullpen pitchers and one left-handed bullpen pitcher. That Most likely that not. That feels like that's not going to work out for you. So those are a couple names when I'm talking about who could steal a spot. Duffy, Lats. Like, take a look at those guys yeah. as potentially being in the left-handed mix. What's interesting is I, I don't remember these games. I'm going to be honest. Jake Latz pitched in three games for the Rangers last year, all in blowout situations, but he did do a good job. But what you want Jake Latz to do is have a great spring training and then be able to, I don't know when you give this to him, but it would have to be early because you don't have lefties in your bullpen, is how quickly can Jake Latz, and I don't know how they see him as, can he throw the seventh inning uh, when – uh, Jordan Alvarez, you do play, I think, the Astros early in April. Like, yeah. uh, hey, at some point, there's going to be a seventh inning that you need to get out Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker. Now, sandwiched in between them is going to be a right-handed hitter, most likely. But that's the thing that I'm worried about early on in the year is when you get a matchup where you have – I know you don't play the Dodgers early, but at some point, you're going to have Freddie Freeman and, and uh, Otani. You're going to have Alvarez and Tucker. You know, if you look at the Rangers, you're going to have Seager and Carter at some point batting close to each other. Who's the lefty that's going to make life difficult on these guys? The Rangers don't have one right now. You're hoping they develop one. And I know we're going to get this question plenty, probably in the next few weeks. We'll try to answer it when we see it come up. What happened to Kamar Rocker? Now, he's coming off his own Tommy John surgery that he's working on. Remember, he had gotten... Very little work in the minor leagues. So when you talk about the recovery from that injury, still having to make your natural progression up the minors, like 
just let's just stay with this season. Rule it out of your mind. For Rocker? Yeah. He's not even going to pitch a ball. Yeah, it ain't because it ain't happening. He's, th- he's not going to throw one professional pitch this year. So world. if everybody, I just want to get that through your head. Yeah. I like Kamar Rocker. I still hope that he has a future in Major League Baseball for the Texas Rangers. When he got hurt, the time he got hurt, think about this. DeGrom got hurt at the end of April, had surgery in early June, and they're thinking maybe in August he's going to pitch. They're going to look at Rocker and go, dude, we have – yeah, we have all the time in the world on him. Yep. When he makes the major leagues, That's you get a six-year yeah. window. Yeah, so they're not going to push this guy. Uh, they're going to look at him, and sometime in September or October, he's going to start throwing professional pitches in Arizona. Like he'll have bullpen sessions this year in August and September, and then at some point in Septemberish or October, they're going to be like, "All right, you're going to get on the mound against live action here." in our, you know, fall camp. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, NFL overreaction or not, and what has inspired me to potentially play a golf highlight? We'll find out next right here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. It's time for a little NFL overreaction or... and I can do this. NFL overreaction or reality. Or... That was my problem. I tried to pair up the two ors. Or would you like to hear a golf highlight? I like golf. I was watching some of the Phoenix Open. I honestly didn't see who won, but... <laughs> I didn't watch the ending of it. Do you like golf then? All I right. like playing golf, and I do like watching the majors, and I and I watch a little bit of, like, a Phoenix Open. I'm watching 
some of it, but I'm not like super engaged because it doesn't count. So Vern Lundquist. It's like that in-season tournament. Yes. Oh, man, the Lakers won. Yeah, guess what? The Lakers suck. (laughs) Vern Lundquist. You can mark that all you want. That's my thought on Lakers. Who is in his 80s. He's playing golf? No, he said he's going to retire after the Masters in April. And I thought, let's go to cut number 10. There's an opportunity to play this Lundquist cut. And this is Tiger Woods. The chip in at the Masters on hole 16 with the drama. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? It was the one where it's an incredible shot, but it just hangs on the edge of the hole. And you can hear people audibly, oh, and then oh, because it rolled in. And so I thought that was really neat. Fern Lundquist retiring after the Masters in April. That's like the Nike commercial where Tiger Woods putted it and it just like slowly decided to roll in. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you ever see that Nike commercial, Kevin, that he's talking about? That was a long time ago when before Tiger got like all the things and hurt. It was unbelievable. But was it, it like the Masters that was in? Yes, it was. It was the 16th hole. It was literally the exact same thing that I just played. I remember that. That was good. That's what that's why I really enjoyed that audio that you just played. Who called it? Your mom. Jim That's your own fault. That is your own fault. My uh, my professor from UNT, John Sparks, really tight with Vernon Lundquist. They worked together for a very long time. So maybe we can, you want me to get him on the show? Yes. All right. It'd be awesome. I think he was teammates with Derek Harper. He dunked on, like, Horace Grant. I, I don't know Niles who you're, you're referencing. Didn't you say John Starks? <laughs> oh, I was thinking about Vernon Lundquist. Sparks. I was never going to get that. All right. Now... <laughs> Time for NFL overreaction to reality. You okay, buddy? I'm doing fine. All right. Well, I guess we could ask overreaction. He doesn't to even use Nike anymore. He uses fine. Bridgestone balls, so they make tires and golf. Didn't he have a new brand he did. though? He started his own brand. Sunday Red or something like that is his new yeah. brand. Yeah, I do feel like this is a little bit. I get the the ego you have if you're Tiger Woods. Uh-huh. Nobody can wear red on Sunday. In the golf world ever again? I've seen people wear yeah, red. Yeah, and they're like, oh, you're disrespecting, right? The rest of the golfers like, you can't wear red. That's Tiger's Sunday red. I'm like, you took a whole color? Red's a dope color, too. It's, it's Red's selfish. one of those colors, too, that it's very, if you go in the history, they did a study, teams that wear red usually win the championships. There, there are more wins in red jerseys than blue. That's my phone. But, <laughs> but Rangers took out red. As their other jersey and went to blue and they won the championship. Good point. That is a good counterpoint. My son is not happy with that. He wants them to wear red sometimes. If I can get you guys to focus back in or maybe I'll just grab some of these people out in the hallway and have them do the show with me. They got food. Hey, could be fine. Overreaction or reality, Kyle Shanahan's overtime decision to take the ball first was fine. I'm okay with it. I understand the, hey, we know what we have to do when we get the ball back. Either we have to score a touchdown and go for two because 
Somehow they scored a touchdown and went for two and got it. They scored a touchdown and kicked an extra point. We know we have to score a touchdown, and then we have the decision, do we kick the extra point and go to another overtime? Yeah. Which, after that, it's sudden death, right? Yes, Both teams score correct. a touchdown, right. now it's sudden death. And that's over. why he said he wanted it third, because then if it was tied, then they'll advantage 49. Yeah. I think it's, fi- I think it's fine. Um, throughout most of that game, his defense had done what it needed to do to ensure that they didn't score seven. Like through the majority of that game, they had held the Kansas City Chiefs to field goals. And so he was thinking to himself, if we just get a field goal, my defense has been pretty good. Like I get I get kind of where it is and everything, but you know, the fact that you give Mahomes the ball back without seven is the bigger factor. Yeah. Like that for me is the bigger factor because that dude's gonna figure it out somehow. What was the stat that I sent you? Did you see that stat the other night? About his his seven for seven in the final minute. Did you see that, Mike? That is so nuts. Read read that because that was – it just puts him on a level that – I'm not saying he's better than Brady, but this stat goes, oh, he's better than Brady. Since 2001, there have been 125 drives in the NFL postseason where at least the fourth – it was at least the fourth quarter, under a minute left to play, and the team on offense trailed by seven points or fewer at the start. Those are your standard clutch moments for football, the do-or-die drives. Out of 125 drives, only 40% of them saw the offense pull off the magic trick. Some of the best quarterbacks, Tom Brady, 5 for 11, 46%. Drew Brees, 3 for 6. That's half right there. Patrick Mahomes is 7 for 7 in those situations. He is undefeated in those situations where it's I it's clutch time. I got you. It's amazing. He's already had that many opportunities, too. Yeah. I'm sure the Chiefs are like, that's eh, fine. He'll score. So that's where it comes to Kevin. I have to know. Yeah, I can pretty I can I can score three and we've done a pretty good job here. But the dude on the other side is different. Yes. Agreed. 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 Now, I'm by the way, if you just take him out of that, it goes down to thirty-six point seven percent. So if you take out the seven points, what? if you take out the seven for yeah. seven, and you get it down to all right, now there's only been one hundred and seventeen, and there's only been forty-three because the number is it's been done fifty times. If you personally can impact something seven percent, that's it turns great. into an amazing batting average. Like it. it it puts him on a yeah. level of, oh, my gosh. And one of those, wasn't there like 23 seconds left when Buffalo scored and he had to get him in field goal range with no timeouts yes. and 20-something yes. seconds? And I guess that counts as a success. Yes, it does. Now, does it? let's talk, I mean, yes, by your own parameters. Oh, okay. I guess is, if Buffalo comes back and wins in overtime, it doesn't, I don't know if it counts as a failure. No, it still counts because to tie or go ahead. And so... Doesn't okay. say you have to eventually win the okay. game or whatever. Okay. All right, let's talk about his coach. NFL overreaction or reality. Andy Reid is one of the top five NFL coaches of all time. So Belichick is there. Yep. Lombardi has to be yep. there. They named the trophy after yep. him. I was gonna Shula has the most wins in the history of football. He does. Chuck Knoll. Chuck Knoll's in there. I hate doing this because Tom Landry's probably the one getting knocked out. And that's what I was going to ask because another person, if you just want to throw it out there, George Hallis, and this is in the before times, yeah. he won six championships. Okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you have to take him in there, but... He's in the conversation. Is that is that not nice enough to say? Well, and that becomes the point. If you put Andy Reid in the top five, does that bump Tom Landry out of the top five? Because fair or unfair, I don't think I can do that. Like even I know. Look, Rick- I wanted to name my kid Landry, but my wife said no. I, it's all right. I got a dog. Um, his name's Landry. K 
Kevin, I'm looking at CBS's uh, top 10 list. Okay. Coaches of all time? Of coaches of all time. And this was as of January 11th, 2024. Oh, okay, great. And Andy Reid wasn't in their top 10. Really? Who's in their top five? Curly Lambeau was 10. Okay. Sorry, Joe Gibbs, 9. Uh, Joe Landry, Gibbs 8. Bill Walsh, 7. Oh, we forgot oh, about Bill Walsh. Walsh. I'd put Bill it. Walsh. So maybe Andy Reid's not top Chuck five Chuck Noll, 6. Paul Brown, 5th. Uh, George Hallis, 4. Shula, 3. Vince Lombardi, 2. And Bill Belichick, 1. Okay, I... You're going to knock Shula because of regular season versus playoffs? Yeah, I... I I you have to put I think you have to put Bill Walsh ahead of Don Shula. Like Bill Walsh, I know he won three Super Bowls because he got tired of winning Super Bowls and gave what he thought was a guaranteed Super Bowl winner to George Seifert. I, I think Bill Walsh is top five then. So I okay. I guess overreaction. Was Shula the coach now. of the undefeated teams? Yes. Yeah. No He's a great coach. coach. No coach has ever done that. Uh, absolutely. And he has the most wins. Yeah. I get it. Wasn't it easier? I mean, just Putting this into perspective, when Jimmy Johnson did what he did, that was Super Bowl 28, right? Yeah. I have that yeah, right because they won 27, 28, and then uh, Barry Switcher w- watched a team win Super Bowl 30. Um, <laughs> so he was there for it. Yeah, he, he's like, how about them? Oh, yeah, he already said that. He's like, we did it, we Jerry. Did it our way, baby. You made me watch games and we did it. And so um, – that was only 30. So now that we're getting close to doubling up that, yeah. it just gets tough because this list just gets deeper and deeper. And, and and to your point, I'm not trying to discount George Hallis or Curly Lambeau. I'm just like... Yeah, I mean, I, one not, of them played for the Globetrotters too. So <laughs> that's, that's not Curly Lambeau. All right. <laughs> NFL overreaction or reality, gambling makes watching football more fun. Yes. I hate saying that because it ruins lives. It also makes it more stressful, though. Yes, because then in a weird way, I'm going to tell you something. When Christian McCaffrey fumbled the football on the first round, I'm like, yes, MVP over for him. You know, like, and he almost he could have won it. I don't know if he would have been the winner. He Brock Purdy. Yeah, because I bet twenty bucks on Brock. Only twenty dollars yeah. too. But when McCaffrey fumbled, I'm like, yeah, turnover McCaffrey. See you later, MVP. Right, and so, and then when the game went to overtime, I'm like. They better not score a touchdown and kick the extra point because I had the game within six. So yeah. yes, you root for your money, and so does the fun outweigh the anxiety? I, whatever. Word I will you say for Super Bowl, it shouldn't matter because it's the championship. But why? In a way, March Madness it does make it fun when you fill out a bracket and you put twenty bucks in the pool. So now you could care less about. Virginia Commonwealth beating a team, but if you picked them to upset Syracuse or whatever, I'm making things up, then yeah, all of a sudden you have more on it. That's what makes March Madness fun is filling out a bracket and then hoping that you got it right. So I think in a lot of ways, yes, gambling for the majority of people makes a game more fun. You have kind of a look on your face. It adds adds emotion to it. And and, and stress or whatever, like hatred – because like, there was a time I felt pretty confident in that game that I bet the big money against Mike. I felt pretty confident oh in that God. in that bet. I was so but throughout that, that was game, three hundred dollar bet. Yeah, I think. yeah. The, it was. It could have been six hundred. Like it could have turned into six hundred very quickly. But throughout that game, I was like, you know, I was. I never felt that the game was over. Like I was always kind of waiting until I need this clock to go away. Yeah. Uh, so it does. Yeah. There's emotion that might not necessarily. Because Kevin, how many times do you sit there? Like Mike during sex, 
uh, you you go through your you play video games on your phone and then ask if it was good for them too afterwards. Is that what it was? No, it's watching, no, romantic, watching movie. romantic movies. That's my if bad. I'm yeah. going to sit down and watch. I'm probably yeah, not tough. going to mentally engage in it because it's boring me. <laughs> that's what I meant. I, that's what I meant. The movies, but Kevin, but how many times do you watch a football game and just you're doing other things during it? Sure. But if you have money on it, you're you're probably more locked in. So I I will agree, but it doesn't. I don't love it. Okay. I don't love gambling on games. I would rather just watch the game. And I think that. That's. I think there's a lot of people like you, but I do think the majority, why do you think football's so, in a way it's so popular because it's so easy to bet. There's just one game oh, yeah. a week. You, yeah. you kind of have an idea on the opponent. Like right now, uh, it's spring training. I'm trying to think the Mavericks next game, I honestly don't know who they play out of the break. But last night, if you're betting on the San Antonio-Dallas game, you have to take in, hey, who's hurt? D- Derek Lively's coming back. Is he, like there's just a lot, of, yeah. I feel like, you know, it's, Football's easier to just say, screw it, I think they're better. They have the better quarterback. Now, these next two questions can kind of go together. NFL overreaction or reality, AT&T Stadium will host another Super Bowl before the Cowboys make it back to the Super Bowl. I think the answer is no to both. Can you re uh, that one more time? One. I would pick that AT&T Stadium gets one because I honestly, I don't think in my lifetime... I don't think the Cowboys are going to another Super Bowl in my lifetime. AT&T Stadium will host another Super Bowl before the Cowboys make it back to the Super Bowl. I only think AT&T will host one whenever the Joneses feel like it's conducive to their whatever they want to push. It uh, won't be while Jerry's alive. Jerry kind of said that with us, right? Recently when he was just like, look, you know, we've... We could if we want, but we just haven't gone after. We haven't. You have to give it. up a lot to I, get that done, and that's yeah. and I feel like I feel like that's where Jerry sits a lot of times. The first one, want... you just have to have a city say we'll give you a billion d- bucks. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, got one. But he doesn't like to operate from not a position of power, and I think when when it comes to that, they ask for too much from from him. So I I think the Cowboys will be playing the Super Bowl before they host another. Okay, one, now which I don't think is going to. Okay, hold that thought. Mike, you can sit this question out because I know your answer. Chris, <laughs> this is your opportunity. NFL overreaction or reality? You- After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy. The tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You will get to go to a or another Cowboys Super Bowl parade in your lifetime. Oh, brother, probably not. Oh, my God. I'm on Team Mike with this one. How old are you? I'm only 23, but I've... I've never seen them pass the divisional rounds, so... And, and parades aren't going to exist in the future. That's they, true. Putting aside... Uh, that's a fair point. 
It might it, be different, yeah. Yes. Putting aside that, that's a very fair point. Assuming they still exist in their current I was form. surprised that the Chiefs got out and walked most of that, that route. That was crazy. That's awesome because they really did connect with the with, yes. with the fans at that point. Like the Rangers, they were in like, you're in your Toyota. You stay in your Toyota. Do not exit your Toyota. And uh, that being said, it was I, I was really surprised by it. But I don't know. I don't think I will. I just I'm I am kind of oh sour on God. it right now. It's the, it's, Kevin, it's the defeatist attitude of us who have never seen any sort of success. But Corey has seen it, and he I see. I go back and forth. I understand the pain of you've never seen it, but there is also pain with I saw it. I saw it when it was the best there could be in all of football, and we're so far away from that. Yeah. Or it feels like we're so. Far and we're I mean we're in a situation too where. You know, everybody's trying to point a finger at everything else and all the things, and it's just it's it's the Romo situation again, where it's like enigmatic quarterback situation, teams still not good enough surrounding, and there are other things that lack within the organization. It's the same thing, just different quarterback now. Mike, may I have your permission to ask one more overreaction or reality? Yeah, go ahead. NFL overreaction or reality. You will watch the UFL. Bless, as bless a, you, Kevin. As a coping mechanism for the loss of NFL football. Can I answer first? I yeah. love Bob Stoops, and he is he's awesome. And I'm looking forward to him hopping back up in the studio with us soon. And I like that answer a lot. <laughs> I, I have Carter on, is in. <laughs> I have on my hoodie today, made by Atolo. Hockey Mike. Hockey Mike. In session. Our hockey Mike. Stars, Dallas Stars, are in first place in their division right now. Central. They have a chance to go to the Stanley Cup. It's going to be tough. I do think, obviously, I think Colorado's better. I think Vegas is better. Sure. I think there's two teams in the Western Conference that are better than Dallas. So I don't know. It's going to be tough. But they are in a position. They've put themselves in a position with just a few months left to have a deep playoff run. The Mavericks just made two trades that make them a very interesting second half. And I know there's only there's less than 30 games left. But I understand with those less than 30 games left it, for all these NBA teams, they're a very interesting watch right now to see how this gels. So you think you're going to be busy with plenty of interesting yeah, sports. The, the Rangers busy. are starting spring training as the defending World Series champion with a lot of young players on their team that we want to follow, plus – they are the defending World Series champions. In our Metroplex, with our three other major teams, there's a lot to look forward to. It's going to be tough. I think that's a tough part. Now, obviously, there's draft for the Cowboys. You know, that will be something that a lot of people follow. I mean, we got a new defensive coordinator probably going all the way now. And probably the best draft coverage in DFW right yeah, now on the fan. Fact. Like Broadus uh, with his crew, you know do an unbelievable job. job. So I I look at it and go, in our Metroplex, I get it. I loved interviewing Bob Stoops. I would love to do it again. The people running our team here are amazing for, I want to say, the XFL, because I'm looking at the poster you. over there. It's not the XFL. I know it. It's, it's now changed to the UFL. I do know that. But I just look at it and go, man, that's going to be tough to engage the Metroplex possibly because of the three teams that you have with interesting storylines. 
For the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. I like that answer a lot, Mike. That was a really that good, well-thought-out answer. diplomatic as well. Holy guacamole. Now, it's time for Mike Likes It. All right, Mike Likes It. I do want to talk baseball because I'm very excited about baseball. I found yesterday my attention diverted for a little bit. Believe it or not. During the show? During the show. I do not. I look over at the television, and I like putting on MLB Network to my left. That's the station that I always try to turn to. And yesterday, there was this interesting deal on catchers. And the Rangers, luckily, do not run into this issue yet. Jonah Heim is about to turn 29 years old in the middle of the season. He's in June on June 27th. He turns 29. But this caught my eye. And Corey, you looked some of this up to confirm other catchers that we know of our lifetime. I did not know there is such a huge drop off in catchers that are offensive weapons at the age of 33 years old. But they had up on the board, they had Pudge Rodriguez from age 32 to 33, Gary Carter, Hall of Famer with the Mets, Expos. He played on other teams later in his career, but everybody knows him as an Expo or a Met. They had Bill Freehand, who people aren't going to really know, but he was a perennial all-star catcher when you had – In the National League around this time, and it was a little bit later, but you had Johnny Bench obviously owning the National League catcher. In the American League, the person who was the best catcher in the American League at the time, in the 60s for the most part, was Bill Freehand. He was the catcher for the Detroit Tigers, probably like an eight-time or ten-time all-star. And then they had somebody else up there. I'm sorry I'm forgetting the other person they had up there, but they said, Look at their on-base plus slugging when they turned 33 for Pudge, for Gary Carter, for Bill Freehand, and for some other person. Salt to Lamacchia. Might have been Salt to Lamacchia. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. But he hit a home run off of me, maybe multiple, and I was like, screw you, Jared Salt to Lamacchia. (laughs) What? He was with the Braves at the time. It was right before the trade to the Mm -hmm. Rangers, to be honest. And so... We were teammates in Cuba on Team USA. We got along on one thing. We were both United States citizens. Um, damn right. Oh, I don't, damn, I don't other know. That, I don't hated know other than that. Salty. That. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot for jacking homers off of me. All right. I don't know what to do with any of this. But you looked up Sandy Alomar yep. Jr. Yeah. You looked up. I asked you to look up Mike Piazza. He's the greatest offensive of catcher of all time because defensively, Mike Piazza was trying very hard offensively he was unbelievable but it made me think oh my gosh i didn't know this so this is something i'm bringing to the table that i didn't know there's nothing you can do if you're kind of an everyday catcher you just kind of fall off a cliff right around 33 years old so Corey, yeah give the information on catchers that you have pulled up on what happens when they turn 33 years old. Yeah, this is the 30 year running back right here situation. Okay. Yeah, it, uh, it really is. Alomar, old, yeah. Sandy Alomar Jr. Cause whenever I thought this, I was like, who's the guy that played the longest. And in my mind, Sandy Alomar Jr. Played forever. He played from when he was 22 to 41. And when he turned 32, his OPS 32, he was uh, or 31. He was at 900 OPS. Then he drops at 32 to 622, pops back up to 855, and then from there on, never back into the only one time barely in the 700s. He was a career 716 OPS guy. So his his drop-off goes from 855 down to the sixes after that. So that's one guy right there. And then Mike Piazza, because Mike was like, hold on, let's go to Mike Piazza, one of the best offensive catchers ever. 
And for his career, he was a 922 OPS guy. Had multiple seasons as a 1.07, 1.012. He was a beast. At 33, at 32, 957. At 33, 903. Then 860, 806, 788. But the numbers just continued to drop. But at the year at 31, he was a 1.012. And then two years later, he's uh, he's at eight eight sixty. So even the best offensive catcher of all time is falling into this yes. trend. Yeah. yeah. So this is something to know as you get to know baseball a little bit more. We don't have to worry about this with Jonah Heim because he won't become a free agent until this. But this is something where I'm not trying to knock Jonah Heim. I hope he gets all the money in the world. But in a way, I was just looking at this, going, "Wow, you, you get you just kind of play out Jonah Heim's contract, and then say thank you very much." I have Pudge Rodriguez pulled up since okay. obviously everybody's going to care the most about Pudge in this to give you an idea. In 2004, he is 32 years old. He is playing for the Detroit Tigers. He bats 334 with an 893 OPS. His lowest OPS after turning, I'm going to go to 21 years old because it's a little bit skewed when he made it to the major leagues at 19, 20, and then 21. After turning 22 years old, his 22-age season, his lowest OPS was 776 in 1995 where he was an all-star game participant, a gold glove winner, and he also was the silver slugger. And still, his numbers were a little bit below. He batted 303. He just... Never. He had 16 walks for the whole season. Wow. So, but you go to it. The years before, when he was 30, 31, and 32, he had an 895, 843, 893. Then his next three OPSs at age 33, 34, and 35. I'd like to tell you this. He was an all-star all three of those years. But when you look at his OPS, from 893, it goes 735, 769, 714. And it never got any better than 714 the rest of his career. He played 21 years, so his career OPS is 798. But it's because he played 21 years. If he would have, let's say, stopped playing at 36 or 37, his OPS would have been well over 800. But this just keeps going on. And so this is one of those things when we do talk about running backs, we do now have to – I now know catchers. I know now in my brain with this segment that I peeked over there and just saw those numbers and then Corey looked more into it. You do know the death of an offensive catcher now is around 33 years old. That is, And I would not have known that otherwise. Real quick, somebody asked about Buster Posey, and he only played until he was 34. He took off the 2020 season completely, so he didn't play his 33-year-old year, so we don't have a number there. But at 30, he was at 861, 741, 688. And then at 34, 889, the second best of his career. But so then he retired, but, and then he retired. So the numbers there are kind of are kind of weird. You, but he, your you body know. just can't do this. Your body, and this is why Henry Davis, for example, number one overall pick out of Louisville, Pittsburgh Pirates, made the major leagues last year. They're looking to move him to the outfield. So if you draft wow. a catcher now that you think can hit thirty home runs or do some damage, then you go, well, do we do this to his body? And this is the tough thing. Now, this is the thing if you ever get electronic catching, which, sorry, electronic strike zone, not an electronic catcher, but the electronic strike zone. Can you just, and this is maybe the thing about putting a person on a knee. I don't know if this is going to change at all because, you know, I pulled up Gary Carter, 853 to 776 
when he uh, was 30. That was 31 to 32. And then at 33, he went to 682, and that was it. Like, it just stayed low. And I just wonder with electronic catching the the strike zone system and then the the catching on one knee, which is taking hold for, you know, the last, I don't know, four or five years. Yeah. Is this what they're looking at? Are they looking at the death of catchers when they hit their early 30s and seeing if we can stop that by catching on one knee? Or does that even matter? I, I don't know. But that was an interesting thing. I just wanted to bring up in Mike Likes It. Jonah Heim is only 28. He's going to turn 29 this year. So this will be considered his age 29 season. season. Uh, that if you're like, hey, should we lock up Jonah Heim? I'm, that's not even a conversation. But the answer is history says no. At 32, 33 years old, you let that catcher go or you pay him a lot less money because you're not going to have an offensive weapon there anymore. Man. I appreciate the knowledge that y'all are bringing. Like I said, I was not aware. Carlton Fisk, by the way, somebody asked about him. Pudge the Fisk, trend yeah. trend kind of continues with him. He has one weird year at this dude played till he was forty five. All right, so he has one weird Holy year moly. in at age forty where his OPS was nine nineteen, which was like what he was doing when he was in his early twenties. Did 20s. he play a lot of games that year? He played seventy six. Okay, and but even the next year he had he was at eight thirty, uh, okay. and he played one hundred and three games that year. So. He had a weird, like, late surge in his life. I wonder what happened uh, in, like, the 80s, not, uh, early 90s there in his <sighs> late in his career, Kevin. We're out of time, but my son was looking up Nolan Ryan stats, and he was like, did you know in one game he threw, like, 200-something pitches? And I was like, yeah. And it shows that the human body can do – isn't it interesting that the human body can, can do things? yeah. And we decided we are not going to push that human. Like, we pushed the human body to do so many different things now in athletics, and we're actually just regressing on the human body when it's been proven it can do it. And we're actually going, we don't even want to try to, to do it. For the That's Kansas, a whole other conversation. That I've is had true. Before. That is an interesting conversation, though. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next. It's time for the C-Block starring Corey Major. Where I make the case that you should only sign 32 to 33-year-old catchers for the rest of your career. What? No, I'm just joking. But Zimmer, we got a quote there. We got some conversation there. And two things are making a big comeback next on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.